Okay, good morning everyone. We are on, we're doing Birkat Amazon. We're at Kuf Pei Tet. Just uh, today's shir is sponsored by Ilya Nishmas Hinda Rivka Bat Rav Avram. Okay, so now we're getting into the Nusach of Birka Bracha Revi'it Vidinea. So this is the fourth Bracha. This is, um, this is, right, we mentioned before, it was Nitkan, this Bracha, this fourth Bracha, is only the Rabbanan. It was added much later. Um, after the story, famous sad story of Betar. I'm just going to recap real quick, just some of the highlights. Most of this stuff is from the Gemara Gitin and Zayn, but it comes from a few places in Tainus and uh, also Yerushalmi. So what happened was, this is the last, uh, this is like one of the last revolts of the, of the Jews. It was led by Bar Kokhba, which Rabbi, um, got the, the name from Rabbi Akiva. It was really Bar Koziva, or Koziva, and remember he had a, he had his army of two hundred thousand men who cut off a finger to show how how uh, brave and strong they were. Um, another another story or another um, uh, legend was that they were, each one was able to rip out a tree while they were on a horse. And they were very successful at fighting against the Romans until something happened. So one of their last strongholds, this was in around 133 CE, uh, about 65, 70 years after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash by the Romans. And so they weren't able to penetrate at the time. But what happened was, Bar Kokhba was upset at his uncle, Rabbi Lazar HaModai. And he thought that he was um, helping um, uh, a traitor. He, he was helping his, uh, the Romans. And when he, when, when he, when he discovered him, he discover, it was, it was tricked. Uh, he didn't, do, he, he was not, but he was sitting there in ashes and, and davening, and because of that, we had extra protection. But when he suspected him, he, he kicked him and he beat him and he killed him. And then that was, that was the, uh, the opening of the downfall. And when they came in, when the Romans penetrated, this was on, and Chazal explained, it's in a guzma of course, I'm assuming, that there was so much blood um, flowing that um, from tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of every single man, woman and child, that um, the blood rose up to the nostrils of the horses. That's how high the blood went. And, and there was enough blood to fertilize the fields for seven years. Anyways, it happened, um, and, and this was by the Roman uh, Hadrian, and he took the he took the bodies and he he laid them and didn't allow them to be buried, and he made a, a wall around them of uh, the the Jewish bodies that span all around his vineyard, which was eighteen mil, about eleven and a half square miles. That's how big it was. Anyways, they were as then. About five or fifteen years later, is what it probably was. Um, they were allowed the Romans. It was the uh, the new general Antoninus, and he allowed the Jews on Tubaav to bury them. And so that's the double expression atovahametiv that we were allowed to bury them, and that they also did not rot or decompose and have any bad smell. So that was a big miracle, and because of that, just to show 
whenever you can, the silver lining and everything, it's, um, they made this bracha. Okay. To the halacha, Aleph, Kuf Pei Tet Aleph, Bracha Revi'it, Lo Yomar Tidbarach. You should not say in the Nusach, Tidbarach. Velo Yomar Ba Hachai. You should not mention the word, Hachai. Ki'im Bevet Ha'avel. Unless you're in a mourner's house. Okay? Um, in a mourner's house, there is a couple of Nuschot. We're going to see it again. That there's a, a couple, there's, um, but when you say the Zimun, you say Menachem Avelim, when you say Navarech, um, just like by a wedding, we're all familiar, you add um, a couple extra words at a wedding. Um, help here? Shasim Chabim Ha'ono. There you go. And so there is something to add for a Menachem Avelim, those words, instead. And that's only done by a Sephardic. As far as I know, no Ashkenazim have this custom. And then in the end of the uh, third bracha we already mentioned, we add a, a few lines as an extra nusach. And in the fourth line, we also add a couple different words. One of them is achai. So these are only by, uh, these are only done by the, the Sephardic tradition, not by the, um, no longer by the Ashkenazic tradition. Um, and therefore you will often see it in a Sephardic sitter, but you will probably not find it in an Ashkenazi sitter. Okay. The Omer Ba Shalosh Malchiot. And there's an Indian to mention three times Malchiot in Benchin. Uh, which are Baruch Hashem Malkinacholam, Hakel, Avinu, Malkinu, and Hamelech Hatov. So you want to mention the word Melech three times. So we just mentioned Melech, Malkinu, and Hamelech Hatov. Okay. Who hetiv lanu? Who metiv lanu? Who yetiv lanu? Is an Indian to mention three times the word Hatov. Veshalosh gumulot and three times. Um, to mention the word uh, gumul, that is uh, gumalanu, gumleinu, hui gumalenu, and this just shows that three times is a is a chashuv, a number, chazaka, and just proper. Um, okay, that was the takana, uh, proper nusach. Bet veveita avel omer baruch atah Hashem elokinu melech olam hakel avinu malkinu bereinu goalinu katrinu kadosh yakov hamelech hachai. Here's the word hachai that we mentioned in Aleph. Hatov v'hametiv, el emet, dayan ha'emet v'chulei. Okay. And now this is done in a, in a Beit Avel. It um, doesn't matter who's benching. Um, it could be anyone who's benching. It doesn't matter if you're in the Mizamin or not. Okay. Kuf Tzadi. Interesting siman. Shtiyat ha'yayin achar ha'bracha v'dinia. Okay, Aleph. Achar shesiyam birkat hamazon mevarech borei piri hagefen. So, right after benching, we mention there's a kus shel bracha on a cup of wine, right? And you say the bracha borei piri hagefen. Interesting question they ask. Why is borei piri hagefen mentioned after benching and not before benching? Right? Kiddush and Avdala, it's borei piri hagefen you say before. Here it's after. Why not? So the Rosh points out, it's quoted in the tour, because benching by definition, is it's a um, it's a statement of they say siluk ending the meal or a statement of hesachadat right benching goes on everything before obviously nothing afterwards and it means you're done eating you only bench when you're done eating so it's a little bit uh, it's more appropriate to say bereipriagefen afterwards uh, because you're going to drink afterwards to say the bracha before and then have say a statement of Hesachadat, where you're finished eating and then then drink, it's uh, it's odd. 
So therefore, they, um, that's, 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 that, uh, explanation. I'd like to offer another one based on, this is the Mishnah Perachet, first Mishnah Perachet in Brachos. So we all know there's a famous machloka between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. What do you say first? Bepriya Geffen or Kiddush? It's actually a machloka, um, in, in the Mishnah. And Beit Hillel is who we, we follow. And what does he explain? The Gemara explains, why does he say, say Bepriya Geffen first? Either because the, the Geffen, the wine, is what causes Kiddush. If you don't have um, grape juice to say it on, then you can't say Kiddush all by itself. You can do Shemana Esrei, but we don't do Kiddush. We don't say the Bracha of Kiddush. So you need the grape juice. So therefore, since the grape juice is what causes Kiddush, to, to a certain extent, therefore you say your Pregafen first. The second reason the Gemara gives is because it's Tadir. You more often will say a Bracha of Hagafen than you will Kiddush. All right? They drink more uh, wine than once a week in those days. So therefore, that's um, so that's the reason. But for it's, it follows the opposite by Birkat Hamazon. Because number one, Birkat Hamazon is what causes the kosher bracha. You don't, and you don't need wine to bench. If you have bread, then you bench. So what causes the wine? It's Birkat Hamazon. So that should be first. Also, I believe, again, this is questionable, I believe Birkat Hamazon is more commonly said than the bracha Beripriya Gefen. Um, but regardless, the yain is not part of the integral, integral part of the benching. You could bench without it, right? Not only does the benching cause it, but you don't even need the wine. And so it's, that's, that's the, uh, possible difference. Also, my, uh, my son pointed out to Uri that if you say, hagef, if you're still in the meal and then you drink wine, should you say, bepregefen? I mean, perhaps you should, perhaps you shouldn't. If you know when you, even though you know you're finished drinking, eating, if you're still in the middle of the meal and you don't bench yet, may, then it'd be strange to say before benching because you're still in the meal. So, anyways, that's a little question because you have, you end, you end eating, but at the same time, um, you know you're going to still have that cup of wine if, if you normally bench on the coast. So perhaps you're not allowed to say before you bench because you didn't bench yet. Okay, to the halacha. Aleph. And then you, so then, right afterwards, the one who benches, the one who, on the cup, has to drink. You can't just, yitom doesn't ex- literally mean to taste, it means you have to drink. And if you make an interruption between the bracha and drinking, uh, it's, a, it's a, you, you may not be yotze. So he just says, you look at Simon Reish Ayin Aleph. And then, you should let everybody else drink. So, he's going to explain more. Let's say you're at the table, and everybody has their own kosher bracha per se. But everyone's cup is empty. Everybody wants to drink from a kosher bracha. If you're the mezamin, you're benching, and you've got a cup full, of, we mentioned, right? It should be male or at least a revit of wine. And everybody else has an empty cup. So what? And how are they going to drink? After you drink, you're going to pass around and pour a little bit into everyone's cup. And then they're going to drink from you. So in that case, lo yitamu ad shiitom hu. 
They sh- it's just it's an opinion of just derech eretz proper respect. Derech eretz seder is that they should not drink until you drink. Since you're the one benching and everyone is using you in your cup, then you then they should wait for you. It's proper derech eretz. So they again it's bediavad they could drink and it's fine. Uh, it's not a bracha levatala. Everything is okay. But lechatchila, they should wait for you to bench first. Because they're using your kashal bracha. But what if they have a full cup? Everybody at the table, ten people, everyone has their own cup full of grape juice or wine. And you're all, everyone's benching on their own. And, or they're listening to you. But everyone has their own cup. So then, they're allowed to drink before you drink. Because everyone, um, either everyone's benching on their own and everyone has their own cup, so they don't need you. Or even if they're listening to you, that's how the Shulchan Aruch writes it, even if they're listening to you because you bench and they, they just listen and answer Amen, they're using your bracha and they're being motze, uh, they're being yotze through your bracha, the mezamin. But, Everyone has their own cup. They don't need your cup. They already have a full cup of wine with a revit inside. If they had less than a revit, then I think they would also have to wait for you. But as long as they don't need you and they don't need your cup, then they can drink first. Because it's as if they said their own benching and they have their own cup and there's no reason for them to wait. If everybody else around you has their own cup, then there's no reason even to add from your cup and there's no even a hitter. There's no, they have their own, that's their cup. There's no even reason to add from your cup into their cup. Unless all of their cups are pagum and then therefore you should pour into their cup first before they drink and you should drink first. The mezami and the mevarech who has the proper cus that's not pagum, they should all wait for him first. But he should, he should pour first and then drink. Otherwise he's pulling the yai. So I don't think so. I don't, it doesn't matter. There's an issue of germs. So if you want to avoid people not drinking from your cup, uh, I'm happy to discuss that taz with you later. But um, I, I don't think others agree. So I don't think it matters whether you um, drink from it first and then pass it to everybody or you um, you first pour out from your cup, pass it around and then drink before they drink. Uh, I think either one hundred, either way is one hundred percent acceptable. Yeah, I know. Okay, so after you drink, then you, you if you drink a revit, then you have to you have to say a bracha achrona mein shalosh al gefen Okay. Um, of course, if you're going to be drinking a lot, uh, when you finish drinking, then you say your me inshallah. That's uh, obvious. Okay. Gimel. Shi'ur shtiyat ya'in itachayeh bivracha achrona yesh safek imdai bechazayit o bereviit. So here, how much wine do you need to drink in order to say a bracha achrona? So that's a machloket. If it's bechazayit, because chazayit is the minimum amount when it comes to foods, to, to be considered a shi or a vachila. So some say it's the same for drink. It's a same kazayit. Or the revi'it. Or it needs to be a, a, a revi'it, a what? A revi'it of? Revi'it halog. The fourth of a log. 
Right? Revit by itself doesn't mean anything. It means a quarter. It's a quarter of a log, which is the same volume as a beitza v'chetzi. One and a half eggs. Okay. Where does the shear revit come from? So it's a, it's a normal, standard shear de'araita for any liquids. For any liquids in the Torah, it's normally a revit halog. That's the minimum amount. We know that this is a clear halacha by a nazir, that it's a revit of wine or that, that size volume to be chayev. For carbonos, some of the, the liquids, the amount, the shiurim is a revit. Also for a kli, according to the Torah, these are all shiurim de'araita that the shear is a revit. So, question is, for, for bracha achrona, which one is it modeled after? So since it's a question, So the best is to always drink less than a kazait or more than a revit. Whenever you're drinking a liquid, it's always best not to drink somewhere in between a kazait and a revit. Because then you don't know if you should say a bracha achrona. Sefek bracha you don't. But it's ideal not to get yourself into that sefek. Vehacha. And he's talking, and he mentions here, by kosher bracha, after benching, it's not possible to drink less than a kazayit. So that's why you have to drink a revit, he explains. The cold of any time Chazal say you need a drink, uh, you need a cup to drink from, for the sake of a kosher bracha, Chazal said, you have to drink at least a full chikvo. Shehu rov revit, which is the majority of a revit. The problem is, majority of a revit is between a kazayit and a revit. So if you need to drink at least a revit, sorry, at least a malyalugmav, the only way to get, a, get out of a suffolk bracha, if you should say one or not, is if you drink a revit. Hilkach yishte revit shalem. So the best is you should drink a full revit. Now, if you don't drink a full revit, you also used you're also yotze a koshal bracha if you had if you drank a malugmav and you just don't say a bracha chrona. Okay, but uh, obviously it's ideal to have a revit. Mm-hmm. And there's this shiur of revit being the minimum to say a bracha chrona. It's the same for all liquids. It's not only for wine. This is for any liquid. Okay. How much is a revit? So it's the volume of we said. One way to look at it is you can go home, get your average size egg and pour it up into a measuring cup and you'll see exactly how much it is. It's a Chazal say, it's a Mishnah. I think in Para, I forget exactly. You take your average uh, average size egg and you, know, you go in the shuk, you go in the, the you see where they they come out from the from the chickens and you uh, you get an average size. So you you plop that into a, a measuring cup that's full. And then you see how much gets, you know, you drop it in, you see how much it comes out, and that's your, uh, that's your volume. Um, most post can say nowadays a revit is, I believe, 86 mil. Um, the Chazanish is known for saying it's approximately, uh, double, close to double. Um, okay. Um, Ikaridin, I think most posts can follow the 86 mil. Uh, dollar. Now, for kosher bracha, in order for it to, to work, to say that you actually use a kosher bracha, it's not enough just to have a, an empty cup on the table, not enough to have it just filled with wine, but you have to drink. Now, who has to drink? So we mentioned, ideally, they say it's better for the mazami and the mavarech to, to drink. But it doesn't have to be. Anybody who is there, 
who was listening and had in mind, right? You did a zimun, right? If, that, if that's the case. And so anybody there who had in mind uh, to be yotze through your beret prihagefen can also drink. Ve'en shtiat shnayim mitztarefet. So here he writes, the Shulchan Aruch, you can't divide this, um, mali, well, you can't divide this drinking. It has to all be done by one person. But we know by Kiddush, he mentions also, that, uh, that's his Stam opinion, there's a Yesh Omrim and Resh Ayin Aleph, where he says, it's okay if everybody in the room have a sip, and all together it adds up to Mali Lugmav. So they say, so, Lachadchila, it should be one person drinks a revit. But, if you can't, it's okay to have multiple people drink. It could be two, three, four, whatever. And each person just has to have, um, uh, so the question is how much? Either each person has to have at least a mile lukma, but it's, it seems to be each person could just have a real, just a sip, a tiny little sip. And you add up all the little sips together, and it has to be at least a mile lukma. And and that's okay. You don't have to have. It doesn't have to even reach a revit if everyone's on their own is having less than a kazait. So the achronim say it does work just like kiddush. Kiddush is more chamer than benching. So if it works by kiddush, it works by benching. Yes, exactly. But not exactly. The machaber here is just said, uh, just said what he already said by, or also says by Kiddush, Stam. But there's a machaber here and the machaber there says, Lechadchila, it should all be one person. But the Achronim point out, even according to the Shulchan Aruch, probably, just like by Kiddush, Efshar to be Meiko, Vishat Atchak or Bidiyavit, so too here, one could also. Not, not, no one says it Lechadchila. But, uh, you know, everyone has their own Vishat Atchak also a little bit. Omikom, makom, mitzvah, right? Because you don't want to like, some people can't tolerate so much wine. And some people get sleepy and it'll ruin their afternoon. So, omikom, makom, mitzvah mina mufchar shit kulam. And then he points out, which we already learned before, it's a mitzvah mina mufchar that everybody should have a taste. In other words, according to the machaber, lechatchila, the one who's mezamin should have a revit, and everybody else should also drink from the cup, um, a little sip. As well, and um, if so, if the mezamein and them had in mind to be yotze and they didn't speak, then they don't have to say a bracha. If they start, but you can pass it around. I mean, it happens at a at a wedding often or shavar brachos. People pass it around, but it's important to know if they had you in mind or not had you in mind. Um, perhaps they do since it's normal. Um, and then, um, and so some people, it takes a while for it to get to them and they're busy chatting. So then they should say a bracha. But if they had a mind to use his bracha, so it depends on the, your kavana. And why is it a big Indian? We mentioned before, I think, that a koshal bracha is in order to, we see that uh, from Chazal, that a person actually gets a certain amount of, um, it's, it's a skula, to getting a bracha in your life as well. If you drink from a koshal bracha, it's a school to getting more shafa bracha from uh, from a kaddish baruch um, Okay. Also, it shows that your 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 machshiv berkat hamazon as well. So it makes a big makes a big Indian out of it. Famous. I'll just share a real sh- short famous story from the end of brachos. Daf nun aleph amud base. This famous story of Yalta, the wife of Rav Nachman. So. 
um, Rav Nachman invited uh, Ula invited Rav, no, Rav Nachman's home, and Ula was invited, and so he ate bread, and then he benched over a cup of wine. So Rav Nachman tells Ula, Shkoyach, he drank, now give me some of the wine, right? Because I want the kosher bracha. So then Rav Nachman drinks, and then Rav Nachman says, please pass the cup of wine to my wife, so she should also get the kosher bracha. So this is how we paskin that it's good for a wife and for everybody, we learned this before, that everyone should drink from a kosher bracha. But Ula remarked, um, but I learned from Rabbi Yochanan, you don't have to give it to the wife, because the bracha comes from the husband. If the husband drinks, that's good enough. You don't need also for the wife to drink. So it seemed that they finished the wine and from the kosher bracha, and Yalta heard what happened and she got upset. What do you mean? In our house, I also drink the kosher bracha. So she got really angry. So what did she do? She went up to the wine cellar and it says she broke and ruined 400 barrels of wine. Probably in a guzma, of course. But And then afterwards, Rav Nachman says, give her, uh, so, so give her some, so give her some, uh, you know, she wants wine, let's just give her some wine. And, uh, and then, but, uh, and, um, but anyway, so she wasn't, uh, she, she wasn't very happy with that. And, and Ula said, if you take any of the, you know, any of the wine from us, it's all, it's, it's, it's all mevarach, it's all, it's all kosher, it's all bracha. And she's like, what do you think, I'm a fool? That's, you're talking nonsense. The worst of the wine is not kosher bracha, I'm not an idiot. So that's, uh, so that's, that was a uh, uh, famous story. And the Chidushe, um, from the Marasha, he points out, that not that also by the by the um, why did she go dafka break all the barrels of wine? I mean obviously because the story revolves around wine, but to point out she doesn't care about the wine, but she cared about the koshal bracha. She doesn't care if all the wine is ruined. She just wanted the koshal bracha. It wasn't the fact that she didn't get the wine. And he also points out the Gemara that the Malachim when they came to uh, to Avraham when they said where's your wife that was in order to to hint to Avraham to also give koshal bracha to his uh, to Sarah. Hey, so this we mentioned, we touched upon. When you had a big meal and you don't know where the wine is going to go to, so the assumption is you're not expecting to get the wine. In the case when you're not expecting to get the wine, which is probably the case at a wedding, I don't know about a close-knit Shavah Brachos, but if you had a big party, usually you're not expecting to get the wine and no one's having, uh, probably the Mavarech is not having in mind, but that's a question mark. So what is the Shulchan Aruch, right? Everyone who's not sure if the wine is going to get to him. So he's on the assumptions, therefore you don't have a mind to be Yotze. So then, So you have to have your own But if you know that you had a mind and he had a mind, then of course everyone, uh, and, and you don't speak, then it works. You don't say a new bracha. Okay, Kuf Sadi. Oh, it's getting late. We start. We'll start with this one real quick. When you have workers, so they they don't want, and, and you're working on his time, and you're going to be eating on his time. So what happens? Ketzad bracha rishona ketikna. You say the first bracha as it's we have it. Ushnia potech leberkat aretz vechalel ba bonei Yerushalayim vechotem leberkat aretz. In the second bracha, you mentioned the words of Bonei Yerushalayim. But you only say two brachos. 
So instead of saying four birkat hamazan, four brachas, you only say two. The first two, you mention Bonei Yerushalayim and you don't even mention Hatov Dameitiv at all. Bamed, where I'm wondering one is this, Keshenotlim Schar al-Malachta Malvad HaSeuda, when he's paying you for your eating time. But if you're getting docked for the amount of time that you're eating, so then mevarchin kol arba brachos ketiknan. So since it's on the worker's account, therefore he says all four brachos v'chenim balabayit may say v'imahim. Even in the first scenario, when he, you're, he's paying you, but he's eating with you, so then afal pishenot limschar milvara seuda mevarchin kol arba brachos. You say all four brachos, but he probably doesn't care. V'ha'idna. The Olam of Archim Kol Arba Brachos. Nowadays, we always, always, uh, in every situation, we say all four brachos. She'ein derech b'nei adam, achshiv lahakpid b'kach. Because nowadays nobody cares. Uh, workers aren't makpid on every second the same way. And even if you're working on his time, Mistama, he had a mind for you to, um, for you to eat and to say all four brachos. Um, um, Nowadays, it's not a problem to say zimun. It takes a few extra seconds. But if you have to wait for people, if you're at work and you're going to be late or whatever it is, or if you're on his schedule and he's expecting you to be there, you see that if you have to wait for people for a zimun, try and do it, lead, and look, they can finish eating. But if they're not waiting for you, if they're not going to answer for you, they want you to wait for them, then you should just um, bench um, and not wait.